0: Since you've been diagnosed with breast cancer, have you looked at yourself in the mirror and said, why did this happen to me? Well, you're not alone, I did too. But this is a time when you're given two choices. One, you let those four nasty words that you've been told you have breast cancer stop us from living. Or two, we can take what we've been given to us and use it as fuel on our path to healing, growth, self-discovery, and to bring out the best of us and become the hero of our journey while we get to inspire others to do the same. Join my inspiring guests and me on our mission to help women just like you with what we discovered on our hero's journey through breast cancer. This is a place where we share all the tools and knowledge we've learned to develop the courage, resilience, mindset and self-love needed to start living your full life like you might never have done before. I am Grace DeAngeli and I welcome you to Breast Cancer Hero's Journey Podcast. Welcome home. So Welcome to today's episode. I am so excited to speak to this lady. So let me introduce you to this amazing guest. Now, she's a woman who's, well, when I read what she told me, you can use this as my profile. I thought definitely I'm going to use this as your profile because it was amazing. So who is one of the most prominent and compelling fitness experts and race announcer in America. Now she lives out in Florida and I think most of the world is very jealous at the moment. Um, cause where you live. So she's, she's also the voice of marathons, uh, the Los Angeles marathon, Philadelphia marathon, and so much more. She brings so much structure, joy, and energy into the sport. And I've seen it for myself and you guys, you know, the links below, go follow her. She's amazing. Um, She's also passionate about helping others get better in their lives, have a better life. And also she's, you know, through her company, obviously, fitness. And um, and what she's doing, too, is she's also inspiring millions of kids around the world. And I think that's so important as well, because there's so many kids out there that don't realize that as they get older, uh, you know, life catches up on us. I I know when we're all younger, we feel like we're invincible. So on that note, I want to introduce this amazing woman, Fitz. And your surname, I, I said it the other day, Cola. Is that how you say it?
1: Kohler, yes, but I like your Australian accent, much better. <laughs> Sorry. So welcome. Thank you, Grace. I'm super excited to be with you. I love, um, I love being with other happy people and you qualify. So I, I really appreciate you <laughs> having me on your show.
0: Oh, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. So like I said, you know, I, I sort of um wanted to find inspiring women out there because obviously we're going to be talking about, you know, the journeys we've both been on in breast cancer. Um, but it's really important to show to people that it doesn't, and I say this a billion times and I'm sure you do too, that it does not define us. We're not going to allow it to define us. So that's where my message is really important that I put out there because it's like, well, look at all these amazing women and look what they're doing. So on that, so I guess um, let's start at the beginning, I guess. if Yeah, just share your story from the beginning.
1: Yeah, so as far as breast cancer goes, I can tell you that my whole life and my career, I have made uh, annual exams, self-exams, mammograms, part of who I am and, and what I do as a professional. And so I was getting those annual mammograms and seeing my gynecologist and all the other doctors, skin and eyes and whatever else. But in December of 2018, I went in and had my clean mammogram, walked in and built cancer. And less than seven weeks later, I was in a hotel bathroom at race weekend. Got out of the shower naked and just did one of these motions. I just scratched my under boob, and I thought, "Oh God, there it is!" And it felt like a bean. like got mm. black bean or a red bean, but it was a bean, and it shouldn't have been there. And so, this was a defining moment for me. Is I didn't call my mom and cry. I didn't Google it. I didn't ask my friends what should I do. I immediately picked up my phone and called the gyno within 30 seconds, I had someone on the phone and I was making an appointment. So I found a lump on a Thursday, you know, got the appointment on Monday. I had a mammogram and ultrasound on Thursday and the radiate radiologist said, yeah, we see that that lump is disconcerting, but you also have three hard swollen lymph nodes. And oh, wow. that's when my world kind of mm. came in because I knew exactly what was going on and so punch biopsy the next day I think two weeks later I started chemo mm-hmm. and uh, they were really they they were aggressive they moved me through fast apparently they didn't tell me this up front but they said we were really worried about I mean chemo and some of you may recognize taxotere carboplatin progetta and herceptin words wow. and drugs we wanted to know about but yeah. I had six rounds of those and they trashed me I was I was brutalized. Um, but then I had 10 months of a drug called Katsyla, which is mm-hmm. her plus something else. And I also didn't have a fun time with that. Uh, mm-hmm. 30 rounds of radiation. I had a lumpectomy. They removed 11 lymph nodes. I, I'm fortunate that I escaped the full mastectomy. And I, I really do feel grateful for that because I know it's, it's brutal. Yeah. But yeah. I, I did it. And I actually, even though I, I was whacked physically I chose to thrive while survive, uh, trying to survive and I traveled the country doing the work that I love mm. and I decided I wasn't giving up time with my kids or my career and I held to that and it was hard it was really really hard but yeah. I'm really good at hard things and it worked out for the best.
0: Well, that's what I mean, because when you talk about that, you know, this is someone who's going through the worst type of radio, uh, sorry, chemo. And you, uh, now I didn't do it, but I know of people who've done chemo. So I've seen how it depletes a person. Um, But like you said, to be able to have that spirit and keep going, keep moving. Um, And I also like the way, you know, and I'll get you to share a little bit about that. But I also like the way that you say too, that had you not lost your hair, no one would have known that you were going through this journey. And I thought that's really interesting because it's, you know, like yourself, I guess you went through worse. When I say worse, you went through more than I had to. Um, So I didn't lose my hair. I I joke with people because I did cut my hair, bad timing. Talk Ah. about bad timing. I happened to cut my hair because I had a really bad case of psoriasis okay so so everyone's like oh you cut your hair because of the cans it's like no no you know I'm like oh well it is what it is um but you know what I mean but I like the way no one would have known and it's the same with me no one knew Uh, and I thought yeah because I'm moving forward uh it's part of what I'm going through and I'm just moving forward with that. But just explain to people, you know, I know that if you if you don't mind, um, a lot of people go, oh yeah, chemo is really tough and it's really hard to get through. But if you can just also um, share with the, you know, with the audience, just what exactly does it mean by having a tough time through radiation? If you want to share a few things, you know,
1: like yeah. And and as you know, I actually have friends right now that are running through chemo. They're out there doing 10 milers. Not everybody gets worse. I did. And um, I I basically had a violent stomach bugs for a uh, violent stomach bug for five solid months every mm. single day. I was exploding. It was hard to keep food in. My taste buds were trashed. Um, every, you know, they say that this particular type of c- chemo kills rapidly dividing cells. And so that's your hair, 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 but it's also all of your pink parts. So my oh, mouth, my throat, awesome. my digestive system, everything was uh, obliterated in mm-hmm. some regard. And so just oh, being so sick, and then it was dehydration and dizziness. And while violently ill, it just exploded bloating and dizzy and sick and all those things and gray and bald. I was getting on airplanes and flying across the country <laughs> hosting thirty 000 to 50,000 people every weekend. Yeah. But, um, my nails rotted out on my hands. And they it smelled so bad. I, I mean, it- my eyes changed color. I used to have pale gray eyes. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, they blue. <laughs> uh,
1: right. So, I mean, it-, it wasn't like a terrible change, but they yeah, went from yeah. gray to navy saucers. It was super weird at wow. I- um, my vision changed for a while. Thankfully, it came back. I mean, just everything, every mm-hmm. single thing. And um, yeah, I would sleep on the hotel bathroom floor some nights. And then at 4 a.m., oh. my alarm would go off. I'd get up and I'd go get on my stage. And that was really the miracle involved in what I do that I love it so much that once I stepped on those stage, I transformed back into Fitz Kohler again, mm-hmm. and I was do my thing and and what a great gift to turn my attention to all of these other wonderful people that are showing up to work hard and accomplish great things so who even in the worst situation how do you think about yourself when you're surrounded mm, by how these beautiful people and so so yeah chemo whacked me I lost mm. I'm a small girl to begin with and mm. I lost uh, 12 pounds which wasn't cute. My leggies were loose. I mean, I just, I, had, I call it chemo, but I went from having a, a round, perky, muscular up to black. I look like I was 95 years old. One day I looked in the mirror and I went, ah, eh, so, uh, A lot of, um,
0: yeah. But it also, like, the thing is, it, you you just sort of touched on that, and that's what I want to go to next. Because, how do you get through the toughest days? How, what motivated you to go through the toughest days?
1: Well, there's the there's the motivation part, and then there's the functional part. And so, the functional part is I went in for IV fluids almost every day for mm. eight months. You know, they just okay. they just kept pumping me full of fluids. I would get on a plane fly to California, New York, whatever. I would get off the plane. And my race directors had arranged for medical personnel to meet, oh, me, meet wow. me in all sorts of places that runners had no idea this was going on. It was just like, everybody was there trying to keep mm-hmm. me going. So that was the functionality part. And just uh, the, the other part is just, I so desperately love what I do. I love teaching fitness. I love serving as ringleader to this incredible sport and I love mm. people and so um, I always say my stubbornness is my greatest asset and my greatest curse you were gonna to have to do a hell of a lot better than cancer and chemo to keep me from my event become yes. my people
0: yes absolutely I I love it and that, and that just brings me how like we we just spoke about a little bit off air but it just you know how we didn't allow it to represent us like you I do not go around wearing cancer survivor t-shirts and pink ribbon. And there's nothing against those that do. I just didn't want to put, if I'm going to wear a label, it's going to say, I and love grace. That's my label.
1: That's that's, me. that's it. Fitz Kohler is my label. I haven't worn, I used to wear pink lab, pink ribbons when they supported other women. When yeah. And when it came from me, I thought, F you, I'm done. I w- I will not label myself as a victim with this disease and I I don't imagine I ever will wear a pink ribbon now I'll wear pink all day it's a pretty color I feel great (laughs) but no thank you to the ribbons or the word cancer or anything Correct. I don't want to be a part of that
0: well the thing is too because a lot of women I come across as well and I'll ask you this question because this is something just I just popped in my head because a lot of people use the word you know I, I i could swear on my podcast um fuck cancer right. and i'm thinking well were you the part of the fuck cancer or i'm going to i'm going to love you until you leave me cancer which which sort of side did you go on i mean obviously there's no good or bad i
1: i, I wouldn't be either really i certainly didn't love the cancer um but i also wasn't a big fuck cancer girl i just yeah. it was what it was and I was going to do my best. And yeah, that was it. I mean, I certainly have friends who wore the big F cancer shirts and I thought that was great. One of my girlfriends, Buffy, my runner, she gave me a F cancer hat. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess I'm just not kind of like a.
0: Yeah. I'm not a angry. Dancer, I guess like, I, like the thing is too, cause I, I, I mean, as much as it was, horrible to get but I found that mine was a blessing at the same time because it was obviously something in my life that I needed to shift and you know life was giving me the little feather going Grace you need to move on you need to change I'm like nah you know okay Grace I'm gonna give you or I'm giving you the bat and it's like oh okay so that when I say that it's changed me I'm I appreciate it coming to visit So I could have changed. You know what I mean? I needed to have a visit from cancer to go, Whoa, sit up straight. And I hear
1: hear a lot of that. I'm a little of the opposite where um, (laughs) this whole experience just solidified who I already was. And so I hear a lot of people say, you know, that was a fork in the road and I realized I wasn't doing the right thing. I, I know more than ever, I am who I want to be and I'm doing Mm. exactly what I want to do. And um, God help everybody because I'm a little more of an extreme version of me. I'm extreme with my um, commitment to my work, Mm. my, uh, my enthusiasm for stuff. I mean, I've, I I finished chemo and I think it was like three weeks later, I went out and did a triathlon and then a week later, wow. A Spartan race. I I got my butt kicked on both of those things, but I'm just hungry for life, yes. and uh yeah. So I, I'm more fitzkohler than I've ever been. Thanks <laughs> no.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That you know, not yeah, thanks or fuck or something like that. You know what I mean? It depends. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. it, it just depends on which way you want to look at it. But it's so true because people say, "Oh, I um." I changed who I was. And I always say to people, you didn't change who you were. You just found who you were. That's been lost for so long. Right. You've been there the whole time. You just lost it along life, you know? So it's just telling you come back to your true self. I, I really believe that. But you know, the thing is you wrote an amazing book, which believe it or not, and I'm not BSing. I was hoping to get it before this podcast. Yes. We're going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> So I it is coming and I'm when I get a book I read the book okay. like start to end I read it but that's okay because it gives me a another excuse to come and do another podcast with you because then we could discuss it um but your book my noisy cancer comeback so first of all why was it important for you to share your story and why did you name it my noisy cancer comeback so uh the
1: first thing that inspired me to write and I didn't really know that I was going to write a book I just thought you know what why isn't anybody telling you this stuff so they tell you off the bat hey you're going to start chemo blah 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 you may be sick you may be tired you may um, you may lose your hair and I did all of those things but then all this weird stuff started happening I thought well why didn't they tell me that so mm-hmm. I'm at a race I'm at a race in California and uh, I have my nose is running. My hair my hair had already come out, and my nose is running. I think I have allergies. I live in allergy capital of the United States. Maine, Texas, so thought my nose was running, and I had a million little tissues. It just was incessant. And so a girlfriend, Dana Sabatka, who I had met previously, when after completing breast cancer treatment, she ran through the finish line. and I said, "Dana, come on over to see me. And so um, it was... I, I was a, my first race out, um, bald, right? And uh, she said, how are you doing? And the, the reality was I was crazy sick, but I didn't wanna tell her or anybody else what was really going on. So I said, oh, I'm fine. My allergies are just kicked in. And she looked over and she goes, you don't have allergies. I go, yeah, I do, I have allergies. She goes, you don't have any nostril hair. And I went, what? She goes, you don't have any nostril hair. And son of a gun, mm-hmm. she was right. Wow. I, my nostril hair was gone. And so it just, woo, it was it's oh, hard. My face, my nose still runs as as almost two years later. So, uh, so yeah, that was the weird stuff. And so the weird stuff kept piling on and piling on. And I kept thinking, why doesn't anybody tell you this? Yeah. And finally I thought, I know, I'm going to tell them all about this because not only would they find it interesting, but people would get a really good laugh at my expense, I think. <laughs> You know, it's almost like when you're in a minority group, you can pick on your own minority group. Yeah. I've got your street cred, right? I can pick on cancer and cancer care because I've been there, done that. And so I thought, okay, people are going to enjoy that. And then all of this bizarro, <laughs> I had all these misadventures because of my travels, right? Most cancer patients mm-hmm. are kind of staying close to home, getting rest. I'm out. One of my chapters is called, um, when things go wrong, don't go with them, they get in your which I was when a crisis struck and uh, then one of the other chapter titles is the bright side of poop on my face. And that also happened. So uh, yeah, I just thought it was crazy and funny and interesting. And then the, uh, the professional in me that helps people do better and be better. And I thought, you know what? I mean, I haven't been perfect with any of this, but I think I've done a really good job of thriving while trying to survive and I can, I can help other people do the same. And so, you know, perspective, passion, positivity, my mantra, I can do hard things right there. That became the tenants of my book that have thankfully, you know, I've had hundreds and hundreds of cancer patients of all kinds reach out mm-hmm. to say oh, that book was legit helpful. I'm, I'm going to um, handle this so much better now, or it helped me through it. So, yeah, it's, it's been a blessing. I'm very grateful that I chose to write the book and that it's so well received.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I mean because um, I mean, as I, I can't wait to read it. But like mm-hmm. you said, it's so important because- the medical side tells you the medical side, you know, they can only tell you that. And unless you've actually had a doctor who's gone through it themselves, it's hard for them to explain it. Like you said before, it's, it's actually really hard to explain to someone like I've never given childbirth, like I've never had children. So I can't explain what it's like. I could talk about it till I'm blue in the face, but someone will go, you've never experienced it so it's really important that people out there share their story because the more you understand it the less you fear it
1: I, you know I, I agree and I had no idea what some of the things that were going to hit me when they hit me I just it, it was so overwhelming and I am this very bold very confident person you know once my doctor's Leveled with me, and they said, "Listen, ninety-four percent of all breast cancer cases are curable. Yeah. Yours is particularly curable. I believe them." So, you mm-hmm. know, death wasn't really sitting on my shoulder the whole way, mm-hmm. uh, but I was being t- pulled apart. I felt like I was being torn apart limb by limb every day, and so yeah. um, I would just sit alone in my bathroom or in my car and cry. I would just mm-hmm. stop it, it every day. And then when people would see me, I'd go, "Hey, you know, I didn't even yeah. within my family. I didn't want to burden them. I didn't mm. want to, certainly not burden my my uh, coworkers or my my runners. And so, I, you know, at some point, I felt like the most popular lonely person in the world. It was just really, really hard. And I don't, I don't know if um, a doctor's warning could have taken away that loneliness, mm. but it really de- did feel overwhelming yeah. and. And uh, I mean, when my fingernails rotted out, I was like, what is going on with me? <laughs> Everything went wrong. So um makes me super grateful that everything's going right right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because the, the thing is, like you said, because, you know, unless you, you, yeah, your doctor can't tell you, you can't, and everyone's different, you know, so no one's going to go through the same way. But it's just good to have some sort of, you know, yeah, like you said, you know, someone sitting there going why are my fingernails running uh why am i all of a sudden my nose is leaking why all of a sudden because the thing is a lot of people go yep uh chemo like so most people know chemo you lose your hair
1: right
0: okay the uh you get ulcers in the mouth yes then what of course there's so much more you know what i mean but the thing is and and it's I get, I get. Also, your book will be, ex, and I'm, and I'm sure you explain it in a way that it doesn't put the fear into them. No, but I it just lets them understand. Me. By the way, you may, this is what I experienced. You may. So then, when they do get to that point, they go, "Well, actually, Fitz went through this. She says it in her book. Oh, I get it."
1: Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for joining me. I know you could have chosen any other show to spend your time with today and I'm really grateful and humble that you've chosen me instead. And I hope I've been able to serve you in any way. You know, I hope this will become your go-to place to help you heal, feel supported and discover yourself along your hero's journey. And if this episode helped you today... Please subscribe and share it with someone you know that would benefit from this. As I've learned about my hero's journey through breast cancer, nothing we receive is for us to keep but to be shared. And I hope I can serve you further by sharing some of the tools I've learned along the way. And it's hard for me to share it all in one simple episode. So if you go to www theangelsofgrace.me forward slash resources right now. You can find a collection of tools that might be exactly what you need to take you on your hero's journey. And given that I don't know if you're listening to this podcast at the start, the middle, or the end of the day, I want to wish you an amazing morning, an amazing afternoon, or an amazing evening. I am Grace D'Angeli and you listen to the Breast Cancer Hero's Journey podcast thanks again for being here. Much love and light.